On today's Locked On Texan podcast, training camp info, what to prepare for. And as the dust settles, we hear from Janice McNair, Ammon enabling Watson allegations, and those Madden numbers are dropping this week, started with wide receivers. We will have some fun talking Texans today. You are Locked On Texans. Your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, joined by Cody Davis. We are in the house, literally. We're recording in our house right now, but uh, super excited for today's show. We're going to talk about training camp, give you guys some information, of course, and continue with the Houston Texans and their settlement talks. Uh, Cody, before we even discuss training camp, we're only a couple of days away. The rookies report on the 24th. We're about five or six days away. You will be out there. This will be your second year at training camp. Am I correct? Yeah, technically third, but the COVID. first year was COVID, so we yeah. all was just looking at stuff on our computer screens and, and phones. <laughs> but second year being out there, uh, again, as I mentioned, the rookies will be out there. This will be a very anticipated training camp, I mm. think more than what we've seen in the past couple of seasons because the Texans have kind of built everything that they built previously been broken down and they're starting to replace it with a new foundation on top of that if you're from the state of texas or you're from the south the end of july (laughs) feels like the perfect time to say football is almost back doesn't it feel great it feels great i think it does the texans will be one of eight teams that will not host a joint practice this year during camp also again a reminder that the houston texans rookie report to camp on the 24th, the Texans take on the Saints on August 13th. They travel to Green Bay the following week. The Rams, which is the second team on the preseason schedule for the Texans, they travel to the Bengals after they take on the Texans the 19th of August, and the 49ers will travel to Minnesota the week before they take on the Texans on August 25th. Those three teams are all participating in joint practices and again as mentioned the houston texans will not cody do you feel like there's an advantage there for any of those teams the 49ers the saints uh the rams is there an advantage that you can see because they're practicing against other teams before or maybe after the houston texans mainly before they play in a preseason it kind of gives them a different edge that they can use going up against a team that may just be used to playing their own players yeah, most definitely. I, I don't like the fact that the Texans are not participating in joint practices this year, only because we are expecting this team to get better. And look, this is no shot at the work ethic that they do inside of NRG Stadium on that beautiful practice facility that they have. But what I will say is this, at some point, it get kind of tiresome 
going after playing against the same players over and over and over. Like I don't see how Davis Mills and his Houston Texans offense can improve by just going up against the Texans defense over the next, what, two to three weeks. I don't see how this defense is going to be able to truly improve by going up against Davis Mills and his offense for the next two to three weeks. And not only that, when you when you have an opportunity to go through joint practices with another team, it also gives the coaching staff an, an, an advantage to see what works and what doesn't work against different op opponents. So I don't like it only because I do have some expectations for this organization this year. Hopefully I'm wrong in participating in joint practices or not doesn't really play a factor into everything but john i just feel like because you were going out there with so much new you're going out there with the second year class trying to build off an off a very successful rookie campaign i just think in my opinion it would have been best for the texans to schedule at least one joint practice you know i also want to combat that by saying we look at this offense that we want to see some new wrinkles and mm -hmm. for pep hamilton uh, listen, he has a lot on his shoulders. We talked about him a lot and his high expectations. And I think the process right now for Pep, Lovey Smith coming in is his first year being the head coach in the NFL uh, in about a decade, if not over a decade. They want to make sure that their players are prepared with the playbook that they're giving them, right, with their assignments. And I think sometimes whenever you play opposite teams doing – training camp, those joint practices, and we've seen them on HBO. Mm -hmm. We look at Hard Knocks. Sometimes the assignments, which you're learning, your learning curve, curve, the playbook, all of that can kind of get pushed to the side when you're playing against somebody else because you're just so happy to play somebody else that's not in your jersey. I think that they really want to teach this offseason. On top that of that, I can sense. see COVID maybe playing a factor. Guys, if you do not know, those COVID numbers are still on the rise especially in Harris County. So maybe they want to limit the, the the back and forth with players that they cannot control, right? They want to control what they can't control. This is Nick Casario we're talking about here as well, coming from New England. So that, that plays a factor. I have no problem with it as long as we see them come out August 13th, uh, August 19th, August 25th, whenever they play those, those opponents in the Saints, in the Rams, in the 49ers, Whenever we see them play, that we know that there's some discipline there, that they know their assignment. And I think that's why they're not taking on any joint practices. They have to be on one accord, all of those men, coaching staff, players as well. And I think if you go to a joint practice, if you have a joint practice, the possibility of that being on one accord can get hindered. Now, we do have to move on and talk about the Houston Texans, their settlement, Deshaun Watson, what's going on with him. What do we already know, Cody? Well, we know that Watson recently reached a settlement agreement with 20 of the 24 women who accuse him of sexual misconduct. Uh, the Texans, meanwhile, they have reached a settlement with all 30 of the women with claims. And we had an opportunity to hear from Janice McNair on Friday. And this is what Janice McNair had to say. We were shocked and deeply saddened when we first learned of the allegations against our then franchise quarterback in March 2021. She continued with, although our organization did not have any knowledge of Deshaun Watson's alleged misconduct, we have intentionally chosen to resolve these, this matter amicably. This is not a omission of any wrongdoing. 
but instead a clear stand against any form of sexual assault and misconduct. We hope that today's resolution will provide some form of closure to the parties involved, our fans, the Houston community at large. Cody and listeners, I personally like this by the Texans. Uh, getting out ahead of this, not letting this drag its training camp in preseason, I still have my own personal feelings about the Houston Texans organization and the role that they played in Deshaun Watson before the marriage ended how it did. But what this shows is, to me, Cody, this shows that they are prepared to put all of that behind them. The uh, Just just mention how they want to get prepared for, for the real season. You have training camp coming up. This is something that can lure over them and put a dark stain on them, right? Yeah. And so I, I like that decision. Let's move on from it. Let's focus on football. Yeah, and I 100% agree with you. I love that the Texans got ahead of this, you know, even though – they say they didn't know what was going on behind closed doors. John, you know me. I have my own feelings about it. Always go back to February of 2021. We saw a massive exit of multiple Houston Texans staff members prior to Deshaun Watson demanding his trade request. So we don't want to get into all that. But, John, I just want to say I 100% agree with you. I love the fact that the Houston Texans put a nail in the coffin. And finally, they seem like they are moving on from this dark shadow that has been looming over this organization for well over a year now. And I like BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, the league reviews, including this year's NHL playoffs, and get you some of that Major League Baseball money. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your betting and sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at BetOnline because BetOnline is where the game starts. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Well, we started this on yesterday, July 18th. Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at BetOnline. It started on July 18th, only on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Tuesday installment of the Locked On Texan Podcast. Those Madden ratings are dropping this week. Some of y'all may not be excited. <laughs> Some of y'all may be overly excited. Some of y'all may not be realistic. However, on Monday, Madden EA, they dropped, they started dropping the Madden ratings, started with the wide receivers and the tight end group. And of that group, Brandon Cooks got the highest grade, and I predict that he'll have the highest rating on Madden for the Houston Texans. Uh, but Brandon Cook got an 87 rated on Madden. I think that's pretty fair. I got a little fun conversation coming up briefly as well. But after Brandon Cooks, you have Philip Dorsett coming in at 74, Chris Conley at 73, John Mechie has a 73. With a 90 overall speed. And second year man Nico Collins came in with a 72. Second year tight end Brevin Jordan leads the Texans tight end group with a 70 overall and 85 speed. And then Farrell Brown came in with a 66 overall Madden rating. Cody, (laughs) 
Uh, I, you know what? I will say this. I think that, and I talked to a few people on Twitter about this. I think that Nico probably should have been rated higher than a seventy-two at, at, mm-hmm. at most. At the, I mean, at the very least, he should have been ranked higher than I think John Mechie. Uh, I think that Mechie's speed, overall speed at 90, I think throughout the season, I can see that increasing uh, whenever they do updates. I can see Nico Collins' update increasing to hovering around the 75 by the end of the year. Uh, but I do like that Brandon Cook's got to just do it at 87. I think that a lot of people, you saw it on Twitter, a lot of people were saying things like, the, the the NFL world hates us, hates Houston, or they're going to get it wrong. So I can see Brandon Cooks having a uh, 77 to around an 80. Him getting an 87, I think, is pretty dope. And I already know not, I already know not to ask you. You're not getting mad this year, are you? <laughs> no, I've, I've been stopped playing video games. Just because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just too busy for that. But what I will say about these Madden ratings – I think every single one of them, at least for the wide receivers, are respectable, and I get why they did it. I mean, look, I do agree with you. I do believe that Nico Collins should have been rated higher than John Mechie. However, John Mechie's name holds a lot more value than Nico Collins as of right now. I do think it is disrespectful that Farrell Brown came in at a 66. I, I think, personally, he should have been rated a 70 only because, look, when you go back and you take a look at the performance that he had during the 2021 season, we talked about this before, he showed some promising potential. Now, was that because he was playing alongside Deshaun Watson? Maybe that probably had a lot to do with it. But at the end of the day, Brown, even last year, even though he was utilized the wrong way, he still showcased some potential when given the opportunity. And I'm very excited to see what Farrell Brown has in store this year. However, the reason why we're talking about Madden rating is because John... Oh, got into man. a very interesting debate with other Texans fans on whether or not Stefan Diggs should be rated higher than Brandon Cooks, which I think is, you know, a question that should not even be asked. Like, John, yeah, you know I, me. Uh, you know I, me, John. I, I, was, I love I was, Brandon Cooks. I've been rocking with him ever since he, he was drafted by my favorite team in the New Orleans Saints, my hometown team in the New Orleans Saints. I rooted for him in New England, rooted for him in Los Angeles, was thrilled that he came here in March of 2020 in the trade with the Texans and the Rams. And look, even though the Texans only won eight games throughout the last two seasons, Brandon Cooks has been arguably, if not this team's best player. However... Who is debating Stephon Diggs versus Cooks? Well, I want to shout out my boy E. Phil over at the Feeling Stacks podcast. Uh, we have a group chat together in this group chat, and of course, my boy, my boy is a, a homer. <laughs> when I say he's a homer, he he rides for Houston Astros, Rockets, Texans. He's Houston all day, right? And uh, Stephon Diggs, as we mentioned earlier, the the entire wide receiver in NFL core for the NFL dropped on Madden with the ratings. Stephon Diggs got a 93. Brandon Cook said at an 87. His question was, does Stephon Diggs really deserve to be higher than Brandon Cooks in Madden? And so that sparked the debate of, well, is, is, is Stephon Diggs really that much better than Brandon Cooks? So I, I put it on Twitter. And just to let you guys know how at least 800 
and 38 people voted at the time of this recording. Mm. Uh, out of 838 people, 93% <laughs> of the votes said that Brandon Cooks, uh, sorry, Stefan Diggs is better than Brandon Cooks, but I also put why. I just want to give you guys a, a reason why. Why do you feel like Stefan Diggs is better than Brandon Cooks? And throughout the entire thread is Diggs runs better routes and he has better hands than uh, than Brandon Cooks. But I will say this. Brandon Cooks, who's in the league a year before Stefan Diggs, I believe personally that he is the most underrated receiver. And hmm. I believe that he is a top five if there is a most underrated player in the league list, Brandon Cook should be top five on that list. I think that people either genuinely forget about Brandon Cooks with his numbers that has been fairly consistent throughout his career, even though his quarterback play hasn't been. Um, he just finds ways to get it done. I'm a huge fan of Brandon Cooks. However, uh, Stefan Diggs is a top five receiver <laughs> in the NFL. And last season, uh, he he got over twelve hundred yards, ten touchdowns, ninety uh, one hundred catches compared to Brandon Cooks ninety catches, one thirty seven uh, in the yards, passing receiving yards, and six touchdowns as well. But uh, again, I thought that was fun. I do think a cool tidbit: Nico Collins, who was drafted in the fifth round last season, he had a higher rating than the following second year receivers that was drafted before him. Terrence Marshall at a 71, Tutu Atwell, 71, Josh Palmer, 71, Amari Rogers, 69, and Naomi Brown, 71. Also, Brevin Jordan compared to second-year tight ends that were drafted before him. Hunter Long, 66, Trey McKitty, 64, John Bates, 67, Luke Farrell, 62. So uh, we do got some players that, despite their situation, with the Houston Texans, uh, I think they're doing a little bit better than most right now, than others you know, at least in their position. You know, John, before moving on, I do want to say, other than asking the question, you know, who's better out of Diggs and Cooks, the question should be, how much better? Is there a big gap between Cooks and Diggs? In terms of that conversation, I think the gap between Cooks and Diggs might be closer than a lot of people might anticipate. And I say that because, you know, you just gave Steph, Stephon Diggs number. What he had? Um, 1,200 yards. Um, 103 catches. 103 catches, 10 touchdowns in terms of Brandon Cooks. You know, he eclipsed 1,000 yards for the, I think, eight time in nine years. And I, I do want to set seven time in eight years. And I do want to say this. The fact that Brandon Cooks was still able to eclipse over a thousand receiving yards, given how bad the Houston Texans quarterback situ situation was last year, the fact that he had what six touchdowns, given how bad the Houston Texans quarterback situation is, and in how terms bad of in the red zone, exactly how bad they were in the red zone, in terms of Stephon Diggs, and it's no knock against Diggs, but he was playing with a top five, top three quarterback in the league, so. I I don't know. Like I'm, I'm still going with Stephon Diggs, but that margin between Cooks and Diggs, it's not that big of a gap as a lot of people may think. Uh, I don't think it's that big of a gap. I think 
when you judge Brandon Cooks, the first thing people immediately say is, well, he's too small. Uh, he's been in the league eight or nine years now. I, I, I just Steve Smith was also too small. And Steve Smith is one of the greatest receivers we've seen in the NFL. So people use his height against him. But I think overall, people have a, light, a, a lack of understanding of what's going on in Brandon Cook's career. Now, I, will, I, I always will applaud Brandon Cooks for saying he doesn't want to leave. He's going to stay in Houston. But when I look at his career, uh, how many teams? The Saints, the Patriots, the Rams, now the Texans compared to Stephon Diggs, who's only played for two franchises. Uh, also, when you look at Brandon Cooks' career, uh, I, I will look at the fact that though he was in – better uh, better passing situations than what he is right now. Stefan Diggs has always been in a pass happy offense. Hmm. And Stefan Diggs has always been a high target guy. So, you know, you have to look at Brandon Cooks putting up over a thousand yards, not getting the same amount of catches that Stefan Diggs may be getting or is in the same type of offense, right? Where you we're gonna air it out and we're going to get you the ball. Because even with that last year, Brandon Cook's biggest uh, play last year was 52 yards. Stephon Diggs wasn't too far away at 61. So Cooks, again, is the most underrated receiver in the NFL. Stephon Diggs is, again, a top five receiver in the NFL. But the margin between what makes a person great and what makes a person good is a very thin line when you when you judge consistent talent. I think Stephon Diggs is a great receiver. I think Brandon Cooks is a very good receiver. I think what hurts them the most is, again, Brandon Cooks not even on the national stage anymore. <laughs> Texas had one primetime game last year, only one this year. We can go count how many the Bills have, right? And in that primetime game last year, the offense was stinky. Now, hopefully it's better this year when they take on the Philadelphia Eagles with the red helmets. But hopefully it ain't stinking up the joint like it did last year, right? So, guys got to understand how cold of a receiver Brandon Cooks is. You just don't know about him because he ain't on your TV as much as a Stephon Diggs is. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Now, Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill up your tank, to buy a wedding gift, or just catch up on some bills. You can finally tackle those extra expenses that has been stressing you out with no hangups. There's no interest. There's no credit check needed. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve and member FDIC. The future you will thank you. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. We'll be ramping back up next week, getting ready for training camp, getting those rookies out there. Vets will follow. 
One thing that I'm looking forward to is how these newcomers will react to the Heat. Jerry Hughes is a player that's from Houston. So, like, he knows it, right? He, he knows how it feels. But what about Okoronkwo? What about some <laughs> of the guys that still ain't got used to the heat that's coming in from last year? Like, how does how do you think Larry Tunsil feels? He probably still ain't used to this heat by now. He, he got to be. He got to Nobody be. is. I'm from Houston, born and raised. <laughs> There's some days I'm not even used to it. But to get those guys out there, get that conditioning going, get the, the teaching aspect of the game, uh, guys got to understand, man, out of 90 guys, only 53 make the roster, another handful make the practice squad. Uh, and Houston has a lot of depth at this wide receiver position that really interests me because hmm. does Houston really have – a dependable fourth receiver. And think about that. You got Cooks, number one. You got Collins, number two. You got Mechie, number three. Now you have they to do. look up Philip Dorsett. Now you have to look at Chris Conley, right? Um, they, 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 they have to figure that out. Uh, I hate the fact that Hamilton wasn't able. He got that injury. He wasn't able to see it through and make it to training camp. Uh, but Houston has to figure that out if they have a dependable fourth receiver that at any time on any given Sunday can be your third or second receiver because he's just getting in the floor rhythm of things with Davis Mills or whoever is that quarterback, Cody. I think they do. I truly do believe that they do. First and foremost, when you talk about a fourth receiver, I'm looking at two guys, Devion Davis and Philip Dorsett. Both of those guys you can play in the slot, and both of those guys you can play on the outside when needed, give and take there's an injury or whatever the case might be. So, those two names is part of the reason why. Oh, and I like Dorsey, Chris, by the way. Chris, Chris Moore. How can I forget about Chris Moore? A guy who literally came from the practice squad and became a reliable target for Davis Mills last season. And by the way, outside of Brandon Cooks, Chris Moore was the second wide receiver Davis Mills started to develop some great chemistry with on the field. Because remember, when the Texans lost against the New England Patriots week five, Chris Moore played a big reason into why the Houston Texans were up. And part of the reason why the Houston Texans actually had an opportunity to win that game. What he had five, six, seven catches for a buck or two or somewhere along those lines. Like Chris Moore can play. So you're looking at it from a standpoint of who's going to take the helm as this team's fourth receiver. I'm looking at it from a standpoint. Will they be? Will there be enough roster spots for a lot of these guys to make it? Because you also got to keep in mind Chris Conley. He's a veteran wide receiver. That let's be real, you and I don't really care for that much. But the Houston Texans have seen something to keep him around this organization heading into the 2022 season, at least for a training camp. Let's say the least, but. Conley, Dorsett, Devion Davis, Chris Moore, like this wide receiving core is a lot deeper than what we was looking at last year. I will say this, last year Chris Moore caught six catches out of 12 targets for 107 yards, averaged 17.8 yards per carry. Also, when we look at the depth chart for Houston, you got Nico, you got Brevin Jordan, not Brevin Jordan, you have John Metcher, you have Brandon Cooks, 
Chris Conley, Chris Moore, Jalen Kemp, Davion Davis, Drew Estrada, who is a person I personally like that Houston can you know keep him uh, due to his ability to maybe be a return man or just be one of those utility players is coming out of Baylor. I do want to continue with a conversation Cody and I had last week about what coach may have the toughest job. I went up with Coach Dana. This is on Friday show, and I was able to hear back from a source close to the Jacksonville Jaguars. What he was able to tell me is he is very good at relating with his players. Lots of his safeties in Jacksonville praise his ability to communicate and I know quite a few were excited for him when he got a chance to call players against the Browns in 2020 due to COVID protocols. He is someone who players genuinely like playing for. He continued with, I think, that Dana did a lot in Jacksonville to get the most out of his developed talent. Yes, they spent big on Tyshawn Gibson and spent an early pick on Ronnie Harrison, but he also helped Gerard Wilson and Andrew Wingard go from undrafted free agents to legit starters. I want to also let you guys know that last season, Andrew Wingard had 88 combined tackles, one sack, one interception in 2022, along with bringing his yards per completion down three years in a row. Jared Wilson saw improvement from his 2019 year to the year he had in 2020 when he allowed less yards, less yards per completion, uh, less passer rating against him, and zero TDs compared to two the year prior. After that, he got paid. I think he went to New York, no longer with, with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, so he wasn't Coach Dana's problem. But there has been some improvement from some guys that went undrafted, and now he made them to legit starters like we just heard. And he also did a very good job of making sure that his starters, his star players that they spend big money on or high draft picks panned out to be good, excuse me, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is something that I think we needed to hear in Houston considering how our safety position – isn't necessarily a strong point for this defense. So what you're telling me is Jalen Petrie is in good hands, right? Petrie's in good hands, yes. <laughs> Petrie is in good hands, and I, I think the development uh, of the rest of those veterans back there will be in good hands as well. Jonathan Owens in good hands. Eric Murray. <laughs> is he he's in good hands? Well, let me say this. Eric Murray did have some good moments last year for Houston. I know I, I, I poke fun at him a lot. Um, he had some good moments last year in Houston. The issue for Eric Murray has always been how he ended up in Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill O'Brien, you know, that was his signing and, and, and that contract. So it's not his fault. He had some good moments last year. I think Eric Murray is a player that will do well for Houston's defense in spurts. So Houston got they, they – they, they got to cut out have a hard job cut out for him this season, this offseason. Training camp will be with you every step of the way. I'm John Hickman. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked on Texan podcast. Please excuse me. Got a lot going on, but we will be back tomorrow talking more Texans. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Texans. Also, find us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube under Locked on Texans. Who's better? Brandon Cooks. Stefan Diggs. Y'all get busy in them comments. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.